Hey y'all, Appalachian Queer Film Festival is back. Join us for film, community, and conversation at the Foundry Theater in Huntington, West Virginia from October 6th to 8th. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Appalachian Queer Film Fest and look at our website, AppalachianQueerFilmFest.com for more information. Hope to see you there. WV Uncommon Place. This podcast is a variety podcast that houses numerous series to cover mental health, empowerment, podcast framework, and various intimate theories to get to know the hosts. Along with occasional movies, reviews, and dives in pop culture with our event podcast episodes. The Uncommon Place digs into bringing guests on that stories don't fit the mold and are very different. WV stands for the great state of West Virginia and every quarter we cover something in West Virginia. Stacy and myself JR are your hosts so please come along for this venture to Uncommon Place. All right, everybody, I'm back. This is my first time coming back to do an interview since last May. This is kind of crazy. I have a guest coming back on the show, and this thing is wild for me because she has an amazing book. And before I even announce who she is, um, I want to say this. When you're an author and you create a book, that is a labor of love. But when you create a book with more creation around it, what she has done. That is amazing. And that's the true, uh, I don't want to say personification. I want to say the distinction of being a great human being, because some people don't get this thought of, of being well-rounded things. And in art and in media, you have to be well-rounded. So being well-rounded is something that I want to preach about. Actually, I don't want to preach about, I would like her to preach about. So with out any more further uh, spiel from me or anything extra, I would like to invite my guest on. Please let the audience know who you are and let them know why you're here today. And then we will go into all that jargon and all that extra podcast and stuff I do. Well, gosh, thank you for saying all those nice things. I am Kirsten Weiss, and I'm here to talk about my book, The Mysteries of Tarot. A work of imagination. Oh, yes. A work of imagination. Now, so we're going to go back in time. We did a podcast over a year and a half ago, maybe a little bit longer. It almost feels like two years, but it hasn't been that long. Um, so how has life been treating you? And where did this idea come from? I need the origin of that. Life's been really good. I just, I feel like everything's kind of been opening up creatively. Normally, uh, my background is I write mystery novels, and I've been yes. writing paranormal mystery novels and also comedic mystery novels. And um, I have a book series set in a tea and tarot room. Uh, which it's, it's a comedy mystery novel. And I mean, there's a little bit of psychic stuff because we have a tarot reader in the series. And I got the idea. I, I've been wanting to write, I'd had this idea of writing a tarot book for a long time. And since one of my characters was a tarot reader and he had a really fun voice, I thought it would be fun for him to ostensibly be writing the book. But being a mystery writer, I was having a hard time just writing a book on tarot that seemed a little bit boring. So I felt like I wanted to weave a mystery somehow into my book on how to read tarot cards. And that's how this book kind of came together. So it's a mystery novel. Well, I, don't know. It, I guess technically it's probably a work of what they would call experimental fiction, but it's also a, an actual manual. You can learn to read tarot cards by reading the book. 
Okay. Okay. Now, to get the audience up to date on things, um, and to open up one other thing, we are being live streamed on Facebook right now. We are live. And I'm doing this because I want the publicity out there for you. And Facebook is a great place for us to do all this. So everybody, okay. uh, if you didn't catch the beginning of that, we won't repeat it, but uh, we'll go on with this. So you're writing this book right here. And I want everybody to be able to see that. Thank God my camera is working good. Um, this right here is, and this is a, this is a passion thing here. Um, give me one second because I need to fix that audio. I'm hearing the live audio in Facebook. Need to turn that audio off. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, so you wrote this book. Um, tell me about the process of starting this. Like, how did this, like, you, you got pen and paper or something. How did you start this? Did you flip some tarot cards? And one thing I do want to add in before I give you the floor, um, a great Christmas exchange. And I always, I didn't get to tell you, thank you for this, but she sent me some tarot cards for Christmas a year before last. Uh, I said, thank you for that. I really do appreciate that. If I didn't oh, you're tell very you. welcome. Yeah, so, I'm happy to do it. All right, so tell me how this process started for this book. Okay, here's what happened. Um, I was taking a class through a program called Writer's Village University on uh, flash nonfiction. Uh, if you're familiar with flash fiction or, or very short stories, usually under a thousand words. So this is supposed to be sort of little flash personal essays. And we had to write a personal essay every week. And I, I mean, I'm a writer. I mean, I think my life's interesting, but most of it's frankly lived in my head. <laughs> so it's not super interesting from the outside in. So I was really struggling to come up with something to write about. And so I pretended I was Hyperion Knight, this character for my T and Tarot series. Okay. And he was writing his little like vignettes or little flash, flash nonfiction fiction pieces about his life as a tarot reader based around a card. And so I produced several of these and it, just by accident, one of the other writers in the class was also a tarot reader. And she said, you know, you could put these into a book. And I thought, aha, I could put these into a book. And so I challenged myself to just continue writing one every week. And, um, and then at the same time, again, I, I couldn't think of doing a book without having a mystery in it. So I decided to have this premise where he sent the manuscript off to a friend of his, who's sort of this mystic in the woods. And he gets it back and the mis his friend has been going through it, you know, chronologically and writing little notes in the margins, which end up in the footnotes and it starts out just like kind of more esoteric notes on tarot. And then he starts bringing in little bits of his personal life and his problems. And then somebody dies and he's kind of working his way through that. Is it, was it an accident? Was it suicide? Was it murder? What happened? So that's how I got the, the murder mystery into it. Okay. And I'll tell you, this is an amazing book. Uh, this was a great thing. I took this with me to Cincinnati, Indianapolis, my whole roundabout trip. And uh, me and Stacy talked about it here and there. Um, so so here, here's what, what I want to get from you as a, on a personal level with the tarot cards. When did this metaphysical start for you? It started when I was in the Peace Corps back in the uh, early 90s. I decided to bring a tarot deck with me because I figured it, I, I, I knew I was going to be kind of in the middle of nowhere with a lot of time on my hands and no television. So I thought this will finally be my chance to learn how to read tarot cards in the middle. I, I was like the mystic in the woods, quite honestly. <laughs> <laughs> These Estonian woods. Um, and so I did. And then about the same time, 
the internet happened uh, way again, way back in the early nineties, there was a time before the internet, but it ha we happened to get internet access when I was in Estonia and there were listservs and people talking about all sorts of interesting things, including tarot. And I started going down this, this really odd wormhole because tarot was originally created, it seems in Renaissance Italy and the symbols and the ideas that they use come from the ancient Greek philosophy and also from Christian allegory. And then as it moves through time, there's this connection to shamanism, alchemy, and Braille quest imagery, especially with the Rider Waite tarot deck, which I use in the book, Mysteries of Tarot. Um, it just, ah, it was just fascinating, this whole world of Western esotericism and philosophy. Um, and I especially find found the, the Greek the Greek philosophy very appealing because I think it's it stands up. I mean, if you read the ancient, well, if you read like Marcus Aurelius and the Stoics, you realize that people haven't changed all that much. I mean, the same stupid things that we do now are the same stupid things they were doing 2000 years ago. The human behavior really isn't that different. And the kind of the, the self-help of the day, the Greek philosophy still applies. And it, it's really kind of amazing. And so a lot of that comes out through tarot. And my character Hyperion, his attitude is he really wants people to come out of a tarot reading with actionable knowledge, to, to know a bit more about themselves, to understand their situation better, and to be able to leave with some strong ideas for how to, how to move forward in a positive direction, which again, I think flows really well with, with Greek philosophy. Um, so that's kind of the... I don't know if aesthetic is the right word, but that's 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 what I tried to bring to the book. And that's what really excites me about tarot. All right. So with character development, how did you intertwine the character development for this book? Between Hyperion and the his friend? Yes. Um, yeah, it's interesting. The Hyperion character was fleshed out in much more detail in my tea and tarot series. Okay. And so he's a really, he's such a great guy. He's, he's a lot of fun. He's no nonsense, but he's kind of cheeky, a very devil may care sort of character. And he causes a lot of trouble because he's there to have fun, but he's a good, a very, he's a good human being and he really does want to help people. Um, and then I wanted to kind of contrast that with somebody a bit more serious and also his, his character, the character of his friend in the woods is estranged from his family. And then he's kind of thrown back in with his family. And then one of his family members dies under mysterious circumstances, which isn't really a funny situation. <laughs> so <laughs> I wanted him to kind of come at it from a more serious, um, more granular point of view. He, I mean, he's really trying to figure things out. And as his character is, he, he is more interested in the, the, the friend is more interested in the more esoteric side of tarot, which again, with tarot, you can look at it from so many different levels. You can look at a card, the lovers and be like, oh, lovers. Or you can go back to the more esoteric level of the ancient Greek and realize this is actually, it goes back to Heracles and he has a choice between these two women and one is virtue and one is vice. And who's he going to choose and how's that going to affect him? And yeah, you know, da 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 da. Or you can go through, yeah, you know, what does that mean from a magical perspective or from a shamanic perspective? So there's, so many it can make you crazy. Yeah, it can really make you crazy when you start. You, frequently, tarot readers will start with the surface level, and then they start going deeper, and everything just gets jumbled in their heads. At least that's what happened to me because there were so many different ways to look at it. It's like which do I choose? And then at some point, I'm not sure how or why everything kind of 
settled in maybe in my subconscious and I was able to read the cards much more easily. Okay. Okay. Now going now switching this real quick back to a personal level with this. So um, you learned how to do the tarot card reading and all that stuff. So it's been with you for some time. What was your first experience given a tarot card reading? And oh, the reason I'm asking that all, and it'll tie into the book in just a second. <laughs> I can't, I think my first experience was probably really awkward. <laughs> I can't remember it. I mean, I remember like good tarot readings I've done. I, um, I was invited to do tarot readings for my friend's wedding party for the, the pre-wedding like bachelorette party. Okay. And we'd all been dancing before. And, and there's something about dancing and physical movement and like, you know, the rhythm that could kind of elevate you and get you yes. in a totally different state. And so I went from that, you know, still out of breath. And then all of a sudden I'm doing tarot readings. And I was just, I mean, it was weird. I was pulling all this stuff out and people were like, oh my God, how did you know that? I'm like, I have no idea. Next tarot reading. <laughs> I was just like, I, di I didn't even know what I was saying, quite honestly. But afterwards, people were just like, okay, mind blown, Kirsten is psychic. And I, I don't feel like I'm psychic. I just read the tarot cards. And I don't think it wasn't like a normal state for me to be yes. in that. It was just like a weird, uh, I can't, it's hard to explain. I'm so sorry. Kind of like I'm a writer another plane. and I can't explain. So like yeah, another my, plane you were on. Okay. Exactly. And I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to like, you know, dance for an hour before a tarot reading. So <laughs> that's not going to happen again, probably. So maybe but, we uh, could say that it was like some type of synergy, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, I think. And one of the things that I do when I read tarot cards is I tend to speak really quickly. So my brain, like the words come out before my brain can start second guessing it, which probably isn't the best way to do a tarot reading because the person who's listening for it is just like, wait, what, what did you say? But there, for me, for me to do a tarot reading, I have to get my conscious brain out of the way. And because you know, it the brain will try to figure things out. It's like, no, yes, don't figure will. things out. Just read the tarot cards. <laughs> okay. So now here's where it ties into the book. So you're writing the book and your tarot cards are beside you. Did your hand ever slip on those tarot cards while you're writing this book? Did those tarot cards ever move into the plane of where you're writing that and kind of like move you in a certain way? I mean, they were always, they were always kind of around me. Uh, I have a, kind of stupid collection of tarot cards. I have way too many. I have to stop <laughs> buying them. So they're kind of all around the desk. And yeah, I mean, you you pick them up and you you look at them and you think about it. And I mean, I think the way they really came in though was because I've studied studied them and used them for so long, they're in my head. And so like I remember one day I was traveling through the Sierras with my sister and it was and it's actually went into the book it was really smoky because of the fires in California. And we randomly stopped at this lake to cool off because we were kind of, we had to delay before we got to our next destination. And all these things started happening, which reminded me of one tarot card. And I was like, wow, this is like, I'm living in this tarot card right now. And all these things are happening and every symbol, everything that happens is like a symbol of this card. And so I got my computer out and I started you know, typing away so I wouldn't forget what was going on. But um, so that's how th those were the, the most interesting synchronicities, I think. <laughs> OK, now being an accomplished writer, writing to you is just like waking up and just doing it, I, I believe, because you have a lot of books and anybody that uh, wants to know anything about our books, I'm going to let her do that, that famous thing that we do on here, that shameless plug real fast, if you don't mind, so people can know where to go and uh, grab your books. Oh, now? OK. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you can get my books. 
so if you go to my website, kirstenweiss.com, spelled K-I-R-S-T-E-N-W-E-I-S-S.com, um, you can find all my books if you click on the books link. But I'm also all over Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, and Nook, and Kobo, and Apple Books. So I'm, I'm all over the place. And people, this is one thing you can do. You can get some amazing paranormal books, some steampunk suspense. And when you're doing all this with the new terror books and stuff that you're doing with terror cards and all that stuff, um, you know, this is, I mean, to me, I felt like this was a bit of a guide to a degree. Yeah, I mean, that's, it, it is. You can, it's what you can just read it as a tarot guide and you can ignore the little mystery that runs through the, the footnotes at the bottom. Or you can, you know, read it as a whole. It's it depends on how you want to take it. But it is a legit book on, yeah, how to read tarot cards. Right. And, and I, but I like both of them because, like you said, like I said, you get immersed in it. And the thing about this, and the one thing that I want to I want to pull this up so everybody can see it in in the uh, camera real fast. This book has amazing replay because, like you said. With both parts of the book, that's a, a great author aspect because I'll have to do some author questions with you, like I always do, for for uh, inspiring authors so that we can get this this uh, device that you that you that you use to make this. That's a a great. I don't know the literary device for it. Is there a term for it? I mean, again, the, the genre is is sort of experimental fiction. Okay. Um. There, uh, yeah, there probably is a literary term for the the other story running through the footnotes but i can't think of it i'm sorry so for that um the challenge is, is to follow her on instagram and she will have it listed there in the next 15 days for you okay i will <laughs> <laughs> right so we'll definitely get that out there and since you're live on facebook uh, definitely find her um over on facebook so so tying all this together let's go to the author circle those are questions i like to ask uh, when we have authors on the show because authors are special people it takes a lot to write a book because as you're writing a book you have to read it and then you have to you have to live that book it's a lot of deep interpretation it's a lot of uh to me it's it, it's a agonizing mind of i don't have the right word for it um it's tough it's a struggle, I believe. So let me ask you these questions real quick. So in writing this book, what was the hardest challenge in writing this? Hmm. I don't, honestly, it, <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, it flowed pretty well. I guess the challenge was I was trying to create a structure for the the mystery and the footnotes where it paralleled what was happening in the tarot cards. So thematically the, the murder mystery is having, you know, the five of swords moment when the five of swords card is being discussed by Hyperion, for example. So that was a little bit tricky. I ended up digging up a five act structure, which is very old um, and pairing that with the five suits in the tarot deck um but once i figured out what the structure was it was really easy to write it okay okay i can go with that now here's a hard-hitting question um as an author in writing this book was there any emotional toll or turmoil that you had to deal with when, when writing this for this one not so much. I've kind of moved away from writing darker fiction because, yeah, you do, you're in the heads of the characters and you're imagining it. And I think this is why I don't like to watch really brutal movies either, because I think the subconscious doesn't really differentiate between what's real and what's not. So the subconscious 
thinks it's this is actually happening and has witnessed this or you know been a part of this bad thing. So I kind of realized that I don't want to write that and have that in my head. So this book is a is even though it is a murder mystery, it's told in a, a lighter way. Like you don't see the body. The person's the person's going through the loss and he's dealing with that. But I, I've dealt with loss. I, I most of us, you know, sadly yes. will at, you know, at some point in our life. We've all we've all done it, and you get through it. And there's something cathartic about that. Okay. Okay. Now you finish this book. You have it in the format that I received it the reviewer copy and it's in your hands i have i have the non-reviewer copy you see yeah, she has a not see yeah look at hers hers is prettier without the bar <laughs> yeah the bar doesn't matter i can cover that with finger well like that but anyway so the book's finished you go through it one time because you open it up you feel the bond and everything what's your thought about this book over any other book that you've written like is it a stronger accomplishment because you've got a, a different spin on writing when you're writing when you wrote this book What's that feeling? Yeah. yeah, it does. It it does have a different feeling because it was such the structure was so different from what I'm used to normally writing that it did feel like more of an accomplishment. Like, I mean, every book's an accomplishment, of course, but you kind of you get in this groove and it's like, okay, here's book one in the series, book two in the series, book three in the series, da 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 da. da. But this was something more personal. This was something a little more, I guess, arty. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased with the way it turned out. Um, I think it confuses a lot of people. They're like, wait, is this a, <laughs> some people can't figure out, is this a book on tarot or is this a mystery? And I'm like, yes, it's both. Like, what is this? But that's okay. I mean, it's a little weird, I suppose, but, um, I, it's, it was a, definitely a work of the heart. Okay. And I like that idea there. Now for an inspiring author. Please right now, give them a narrative on how to get started writing a book in this type of format. (laughs) Um, I think, all right, here's when I first started writing, the mistake I made was I didn't understand story structure. And there are different story structures out there and they're not, they're not, they're structures, they're not straight jackets, but the, the human mind for some reason enjoys a certain kind of you know, rising and falling action when it comes to stories of, of tension and release. And I mean, for me, I got, I had to kind of figure out that, that weird five act story structure and then make that. But I think once you figured out your structure, everything else follows more easily. Um, and then the other, (laughs) the other thing I would say is I feel like books have gotten very cookie cutter for whatever reason. And Cookie cutter books do sell very well, especially the well-written ones. So I'm not knocking that, but I think it's kind of like, you know how everybody's knocking superhero movies now? We're just sick of it. I think, you know, what the heck, write what you want to write. You don't have to go cookie cutter. Be be you, bring your unique self to the page. Um, Yes, structures are very useful and helpful, but within that structure, you can still be you and you can still do wonderful, creative things. Okay. So bring a different, bring your unique authenticity to the book and let the world see that. Let them take the perception you're out there or give a perception. It'll get received and then it'll be or projected on people in a manner that you want out there in the world. So I, I get that. Now we come to a point in this show. 
where I pay homage to um, the late great Barbara Walters, 2020. I'm not going to cry. You can't make me cry. And and it's crazy (laughs) because the last time we did this and we did the 2020 questions, she was alive. And it's crazy just how time flies. So, um, and John Stossel and Diane Sawyer were on the show too. Um, And it's still available, but I don't watch it now because I swear it's a podcast now. It's crazy. If you get a chance, look it up later. I'm like, wow. But not with Barbara Walters on it when she was alive. It would have been cool to hear her do a podcast. Um, God rest her soul. Now, um, with the hard-hitting questions, these are things that make you more personable to the audience. This is a way to get some answers out of you that you probably normally wouldn't give to people. So, Kirsten, you are on the hot seat. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Thought-provoking, things that move the mind, mind-tingling, mind-boggling. There are so many different adjectives that you can use to describe this great work of art. If you had to make a billboard promoting this book, if you holding it up, if you don't mind holding it up for us real quick, and, and, and we well, got to give us a good pose. Let's get a good pose. There we go. Tell us what that billboard would say. Gosh, I'm terrible at marketing taglines. Um, let's see. I don't know. And while you do that, I'll put I'll put a little filler in here so you can think a little bit. What I would say about this book, every adjective I use, but I would say that this book has a heavy suspense level to it. The suspense, like you said, with the murder portion in it, and just the guide, if you're following both of them at the same time, it's like running beside the river, but having ice underneath your feet. Because you have to pay attention to both. You have to be courteous to the fact that you could fall in the water and die. You could slip on the ice and die. And I know that's a little harsh uh, way of putting it. But this book is amazing. I enjoyed it. I have read through it twice. And I'll read oh, wow. through it a th- yeah, third time. Well, good quality stuff. Uh, it's hard to find good content because, like you said, a lot of stuff is cookie cutter. And, and it, this doesn't feel manufactured. That's one thing I want to throw out there to the audience and to everyone. And I want you to know in a humble manner, it doesn't feel rushed or manufactured. It feels like you took your time with it. And you're like, hey, I'm going to write something. Not say anything about any of your other work, but this right here is just, it's amazing. So I'm going to leave oh, it at thank that. Thank you so much. And I'll pass the floor to you so you can answer the question. <laughs> I think maybe something along the lines of explore the mystery of yourself. Because we are, we are mysteries to ourselves quite frequently. And I think the more you dig into that mystery and get to know yourself, including the dark places, um, the better, the better your life, our lives will be. Um, and I think that's, that's a big part of tarot is, is getting into those, the surprising places of human nature within ourselves. And, um, you know, you talk about, you know, running, running a lot across ice. I mean, that's sort of the human psyche where yeah. Like recently I, I had a discussion with a, a counselor about a, a family issue. And there's a moment in fiction called the the mirror moment where an ally will will hold a metaphorical mirror up to the hero and show him the thing within himself that's the, that that self-sabotage. The okay. thing he's doing that's you know constantly doing it over and over and over again and doing it wrong and screwing it up and you know. And I had that moment and it was really shocking, right? For the first time, I really looked hard at this part of myself that I, I just despised so much that I pretended for years wasn't there. 
and it was, it was shocking and it was painful. But once I did it, I was like, wow, I can, okay, <laughs> I can deal with this now. I can, it's, I know it's there now I can address it. And it's, it's been a huge relief. And I think, you know, all, we all have those, those shadows in ourselves and, um, and we have a lot of light in ourselves too, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think exploring that through, through literature where we're able to explore that through other people's experiences and reflect on how that might mirror our own experience or through something like the tarot cards is it makes life worth living. Okay. Okay. Now this one right here, we're going to put on our role-playing caps for this one. Now, hypothetically, we're going to get through this writer's strike and everything that's going on in the movie industry. If you had an option for this book to be turned into a TV series or a movie, that's the first part of it. Which one would you want done? And how would you want this adapted into the media of film. We'll just use it to film because that's the best way to go with it. So you pick, is it going to be a TV series or a limited series or a, a movie? We'll throw three of them out there. That works good. <laughs> okay. The odds of this happening are very low, but <laughs> if I was going to choose, I'd say a TV series, I think. Okay. Because, because the, um, each, each chapter in the book on tarot is its own little vignette. And I think that could like be structured as a little, maybe 30 minute show and then have the, the other story kind of running through it as a subplot. Um, so that, that would probably work better than a movie. Okay. And I, and I could agree with that. A, a TV series, you can make a few seasons off of it. I could give yeah. you, I give you like eight seasons. There you go. Yeah. But we would have to get it on Netflix because Netflix seems like it's the only way to go nowadays yeah. or, or get a deal with Hulu because the big major companies don't know about them. And nope. shout out to everybody through that strike. I just want to throw that out there that we support everyone in creative media. Hardships uh, come and hopefully you all get taken care of. And I know you all will. Now, on to a, a lighter note. So you option this for the, TV, for the TV series. You get it on the network you want it on. Actually, you know what? I know this may sound crazy, but I would like this would be amazing on Lifetime. I know that sounds crazy. That sounds really off. No, it actually doesn't sound crazy because it is more. It's more internal. And I think I think Lifetime movies is kind of more about feelings and you know, things that are going on inside ourselves and how those reflect in the outer world. So I think I think I could. Lifetime, I'd give it a nine o'clock slot. Because it's a yeah. little too juicy for eight o'clock. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So after writing this book, the hardest thing to do when you have a labor of love, like you stated in here earlier, going on to make something else. What do you feel is going to be the strongest thing you can take from this book going forward in your writing, in your life, and just or just overall in general? What can you take from this book and take one to the next level? Uh, well, what I discovered was I really enjoyed playing with structure like I did in this book with, um, and so I'm, I, yeah, I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to not do that again. So I'm working on a, a new series, which kind of flips what I did. So this book has, again, a structure like a book on how to read tarot with a story that weaves through it. So with this new series, it's structured like, a mystery novel, but there's a Oracle deck weaving through it. And these emails coming from a mystery school on the philosophy of the Oracle deck and, and magic and such. 
So it's, it's also, I guess, could technically be classified as experimental, but um, it's heavier on the, the fiction story with the experimental being more bits and pieces. Okay. Okay. Now the last question inside this 2020 series, because these, these have been pretty good. Um, and this is my greatest question. When we do things, we have a success and a failure in in something when we accomplish something great because me and you talked about things that have happened and I don't always usually when anybody listens to the show you'll hear about the failures because I like that people will see the authenticity and how you can win how you can lose and how you can go to a draw but the loss is a lesson learned um, and the lesson learned is just a lesson you know you, you learn from it or you don't um, so with you in this book you can tell that this is success but what was the failure you felt inside of this? And the reason I ask you about the negative portion of it is because that's what makes us human. And that's what will help inspire people that read it. And it will inspire other authors to know that it's all right, that even though you can see all this immersed success, there may, there's something in it that kind of didn't meet my expectation. I think the, the hard part with this book was when, when somebody buys a book, it's like, I want to write, read a mystery novel. Okay. I'll go buy this Agatha Christie. It's a mystery novel. I'm going to go buy a book on tarot. Okay. I will buy this book on tarot. My book kind of is this weird hybrid and it's really hard to classify. And so it's been hard for people to, to find a kind of middle ground. Yeah. It's middle ground. It's, in in the book world, everybody's trying to like, not everybody, but people are trying to what they call write to market. So, every, so everybody's expectations are met. And then you can sell a ton of books. This obviously was not written to market because <laughs> it's it's a weird little book. I mean, because it's this, this strange experimental hybrid. And so, you know, it has not been, I have not been making a ton of money on it, quite honestly. But... I don't regret writing it at all. It, I, I think it turned out really well. I love the book and it's been a springboard for you know, new experimental fiction for me. I learned a lot from it. And um, again, it was a labor of love and I'm proud that I put it out. All right. So we're not going to talk about failure and monetization because that's not the key here because this book is growing. Each book you make has wings. And just because it doesn't take off right then and there, everything flaws at some point. So what I heard and what I got from this is, is that you want this book to not be a Toyota Prius anymore. You want this to be about a Toyota Tacoma or Forerunner. Yeah, or, I think it know, doesn't like, need to be a Tesla. <laughs> or Tesla. Or, or just, but yeah, I, I take a Forerunner. <laughs> yeah, so a Forerunner. Definitely out where you are, a Forerunner will run good. Um, so when it gets to this forerunner status, because your books, you you know how books move and you know how things go. And one thing that we did mention, and the great thing about this book, and I want to let the audience know, it's getting fall time. Sorry about that. I moved from a mic. It's getting fall time. It's getting close to the winter time. This would be a great um, stocking stuffer. This would be a great thing to, to tie into whatever you're doing before Halloween. So it can give you some inspiration for Halloween. My next bit of marketing on this one is this would be a great Christmas gift. This would be a great thing to have over Thanksgiving break. This would be a great thing to have on election day when you're not doing anything if you're voting vote, but you have the rest of the day to yourself. Do we have any other holidays? Columbus Day, right? Something like that. Whatever. I'm just doing the marketing part for that right there. So your book will catch up 
because we both know when it gets cold, people are inside. Just like with podcasting, my podcasts get better in the wintertime. I have you on right now, so it's going to definitely be better, better for the fall and everything else there. So with that, that, that point right there, this thing will take off. It'll get to where you want it to go. Wintertime, you're doing podcasts, you're advertising it. It'll make its move. Now, we've covered the 2020. Um, and everybody has people that are behind them in what they do that push them hard and make them definitive in their work. Could you let the audience know who or what pushes you? Like I told you about the dog bear and what he does with me. Cause he's in here right now. He's just laying on the floor. He's like, and he inspired me cause he just lives. Like I told you, he just works a shift outside when he's home and whatever. So who or what inspires you? Like when you're writing hmm. this, when you wrote this book, was there a person? Was there an inanimate object? Was it just anything? Cause I know some people that carry crystals, they do all kinds of different things in different, um, uh, gems and things, and they might just have it in their pocket. Like right now I have a silver dollar in my pocket. It's something I've always had in my pocket for podcasting. I don't know why I always put it there, but it's just there, <laughs> you know? I, I think, um, my parents, I mean, they're both, they both passed on, but they're both very hardworking and they instilled that in me as well, that, that, that drive. And, um, I wanted to write something that incorporated their ethics and sense of sense of joy and fun. Okay. Now the last part of this, before we jump off here and we'll do another shameless plug, cause we got to get one in. Cause I told you a story about the listeners. Everybody knows the story on that. Now there's a mirror. And you're looking in that mirror, you've written this book, you're moving on to different books, and then you have something exciting that I think you may want to announce or may not want to announce after this. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, so you're in that mirror and you see yourself, you got your hair, you're doing it, you got your glasses right, whatever else you do, you know, your clothes got to look a certain way, make sure your shirt's fine. Um, and you just smile, you smile at yourself. And, and when you're smiling at yourself, it's a self-appreciation that you have for yourself and, and you can see it and I can see it because you write books, you have an expression, you're not afraid to genre hop, you're not afraid to go against the norm, you're rage against the machine, you no conformity for you. And that is an amazing tactic, skill, and art form because not everybody can do that. A lot of people just you know, straight to the grain. You told about a, a discomfort you have with the promotion part right now. We know it's going to get cold, so we know it's going to get better, which it always does in books and, not, and stuff like that. So it's just a different marketing curve that you put in there. So we know that's set in place. Well, that smile gets a little bit bigger on your face, you know, because you're looking in the mirror the second time. And what you see is a person that's pushing harder. The boundaries are no longer um, confines or anything like that. Thought-provoking material. The provoking part is a skill that is not manufactured. And the reason I talk about things being manufactured is because some people can go through life and they can learn the aesthetics and manufacture, like you said, the cookie cutter stuff all day long. But you decided not to. So the third time you look in the mirror, 
What do you see? Oh gosh. <laughs> um, I don't know. Just somebody who's living. I mean, life is short and you know, succeed or fail. You may as well just do the best you can and try to have fun with it and do it your way because and you know, obviously love the people around you. <laughs> That's very important too. But um, yeah, it's like, well, you know, what the heck? Why, why we're all individuals. We're all unique. I mean, yeah, we do. We, as human beings, we have certain qualities, which have, as I mentioned before, kind of just blow through time, but we're still all unique individuals. And I think each life can be a work of art if you make it that way. And that means bringing your heart and soul to it and your own unique you to it. Okay. Now real fast, a uh, quick little testimony real quick. Um, being an amazing person is a hard thing to do too. So take that with you. Um, going through life, going through life. Um, and like I said, we did all the conformity and all that stuff that we talk about in the norm. Um, labors of love. And you talked about a bit of the, the, the heartache and I like that um, being genuine and authentic is what you do. So keep that with you, take it with you for the next 89 years or 90 years, whatever you want to do with that and keep formulating what you're doing because you're doing something positive. You're doing something that entertains. Entertaining is a hard form now because short attention spans because of TikTok. Um, short attention in life, not even spans, just talking about short attention is a hard thing when it's hot in the summertime. People don't care what's going on. They're just, I mean, some people get stuck in books because they're out in the camp or whatever, but long-term attention is something that's being lost in our youth and in some of the middle-aged people, but I'm 38. So I'm in a different category now. So, or I feel that way. Um, and I still have my attention because I'm from the good times, 1980 to 1989. I will say we are the last group of ones that, go together with anybody before us 1990 we'll accept them but 92 you're different <laughs> so with that being said you have a prowess that you probably don't even pick up on sometimes you have an aura that's the best word to use or since we're doing the metaphysical um to captivate you took a guidebook you put a murder mystery in it who has and who will do that more people will even though you may not feel like it's a trend-setting thing right now, you believe that it's a trend-setting thing because it was in the back of your head and it came to the forefront. So on that note, I want to tell you, stay positive, stay motivated, and keep doing what you're doing, Kirsten, because every small revolution that happens in content creation, it comes to a point that it makes other people strive to do the same thing. It may not be in year one. It may not be in year five, but 10 and 15 years from now, and this goes into any type of art form, people go back and consume it again, and they see it in the intended light that you want it. Not everybody can get it today. So that's the amazing thing about this right here. So keep pushing forward with this and keep this type of entertainment and this type of guidance also available to people. And this is what's going to help bring books out of the cookie cutter stage, just like the, we're getting out of, hopefully we're going to get out the superhero stage with the exception of the Barbie movie, which is really good. I haven't seen it yet, but I hear it's excellent. 
Yes, yes. We'll talk about that later. I'll talk to Shay. Now, um, going forward, you have to be a guest on the show every year. Now on. Oh, gosh, I'd love to. Right. We just have, we have to fix the times. And one thing that I want to give the audience is this show has been rescheduled at least five times, six times. I don't know. It's been a lot. Something odd was going on. I, power you had the internet me. out. Yeah, power went out. It was crazy. You got sick, I think, one time. And yeah. I messed up one time. It was like, oh. Yeah, every, everything is, has happened in its way. But we're here today and we had this great show. So real quick, can you give everybody a shameless plug? And then we'll end the show. Okay. Yes. Um, my shameless plug is for my new series, which I mentioned my mystery school series. The prequel to that is coming out early October. It's called harvest of the witch and it's connected to its own, uh, Oracle deck, which I'm calling an untarot deck. And the, you can actually get an unt the untarot app for free. If you go to untarot.bezer, B E E Z E R.com. And you can just, you can look at it on your desktop. You can put it on your phone. It's all free. And um, it's, it's just fun. And the great amazing thing about being in a podcast and doing a podcast is the authors will always provide me with the links and everything that I need to put in the show notes so that when this show comes out on its intended date, and while we're live, let me do this real quick because I got this. I don't use an Android phone very often, people, but I use it when my other phones are tied up. Um, excuse me. This show will be coming out September 28th. Okay. That's when the show will be coming out. So everyone, we will have everything typed for the show notes so that everyone can be in Greek Kirsten, grab her books and become immersed in this new, <laughs> this new genre that you're building. Cause you are building a new genre and this new world that you're building inside the amazing universe that you already have, which is the Kirsten universe or meta universe. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, let's do the meta universe or something like that, whatever. Um, so definitely hit up to our website also. Get immersed in all the information. I don't know why I'm using the word immersed so much. It's just it's something that has just been stuck with me today. So we'll, we'll go run with that. And consume. Consumption, consumption, consumption. Oh, the dog, he made some noise. Sorry about that. Um, consumption is what needs to go on. It's going to get cold. I said it was going to get warm. I mean, it's going to get cold. And even when it's not cold, when you need something to grab and grip this book was an amazing thing on 15 minute breaks when i took breaks from work and i had it in the car or in the break room wherever i was at or if i was firing somebody after i fired him i'd read a little bit <laughs> and that's no pun intended <laughs> so i am jr from west virginia and commonplace i'm kirsten weiss and we are signing off and that's just off of the live part. Um, let me actually start, stop the recording. I forgot that I got the um, thing. Please follow WV Uncommonplace on Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, TikTok, where we have some great content, Facebook, LinkedIn. Hit up the merch store at onecommonplace.square.site. Join the email list from the website and rate, subscribe, and give feedback from your favorite podcatcher. And lastly, thanks for listening and tune into the next episode. Hey, 
Hey everybody, this is JR from West Virginia and Commonplace, and I am here to tell you about Anchor Nebula and their Go Anywhere series of projectors. They are some of the best projectors you can use when you're on the go, going camping, just even around the house. And these models include the Capsule 2, the Capsule, the Capsule 3 Laser, and the brand new Mars 3. So definitely take time to go out and grab one of these projectors, and you will be immersed in an experience that you're not going to get anywhere else. Remember, Anchor Nebula is the way to go. Hey, consider this your invitation to the inaugural Mountaincraft Film Festival. Films, movies, motion pictures, whatever you call them. They're coming to Clarksburg, West Virginia, this coming September 29th and 30th. Four feature-length films by local filmmakers, as well as countless short films from Appalachia for Appalachia. Not to mention food trucks, artisanal vendors, networking opportunities, an immersive virtual reality experience, and much, much more. All under the roof of the beautiful historic Robinson Grant Performing Arts Center. Purchase passes now at mtncraft.com slash filmfestival. Sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date with festival news. And don't miss out on a single story these voices have to tell. Sorry. Hey Capshovians, mark your calendars for January 23rd and 24th as we bring you the first ever Capshovians Live in Orlando. We are bringing together a dozen expert speakers to dive deep into the one, yes, just one, key strategy you need to scale your marketing and your business in 2024. You get an exclusive peek into the future of the Capture software and connect with leading industry figures. Whether you're looking to network with fellow entrepreneurs, learn from top-notch experts, or just want a memorable experience, this is the place to be. We are keeping this event intentionally intimate so that you're not just another face in a crowded room. Yes, we want to get to know each and every one of you. So spots are very limited, which means you're going to need to grab your ticket now. Go to www.capshovianslive.com and get in on the early bird pricing before it goes up. That's www.capshovianslive.com and let's take on 2024 together.